Welcome to edition 9 of Crystal Cast. And I know what you're asking yourself. What do Jackie Graham, the Peterborough Pirates ice hockey team, and the world of specialist finance have in common? Well, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to find out. And as always, all the information provided is for the use of financial intermediaries only. So welcome to the latest episode of Crystal Cast. Today we're joined by Grant Hendry, Head of National Accounts at Foundation, and Keith Jones, Regional Account Manager at Foundation Home Loans. Welcome, gentlemen. Cheers, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining us. So to start with, then in traditional Crystal Cast fashion, can you tell us three surprising things about you? Do you want to go first, Grant? Yeah, mine aren't that interesting, to be honest, but uh, you're literally scraping the barrel. I think the trying to make it work related as well um so i wouldn't have got into the mortgage industry if it wasn't for playing ice hockey so i used to be a semi-professional ice hockey player uh, playing for the peter pirates and it was through that that um one of the guys i worked with uh, was a supporter and one of the guys played for them as well and got me to work for abbey that then became santander so yeah it was hockey that really got me into mortgages so it was a great time in my life got me uh, allowed me to see different parts of the world and uh I travelled to Canada, spent a lot of time there, the Czech Republic. So yeah, from a life experience, it was that side of it was was really important, was the, the discipline side of it. So yeah, no, it was good fun. Uh, other fact, I, I think I think I scored the fastest hat trick. So I wasn't particularly good at hockey. So I was um, more of that physical player. I used to like the the physical side, where it would be the hitting, the fighting, that part of the game. Um, but I played under 19s. We were in Gosport. And I scored a hat trick in 19 seconds, but I don't feel it was ever recorded. Now I thought it was a real <laughs> achievement, but I don't find anyone else shouting about it. And I hear other people. I've heard saying, all about it. Oh, that's yeah. you read about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, yeah, someone that's... listening to this can have some sway over the record books. Oh, that would be fun. If they can, yeah, if they can pull out the, uh, the records on that. I'd be greatly appreciated. So yeah. Um, and then last one, I used to be a retained firefighter as well. So always that was kind of what I wanted to do was to be a fireman really. But um, yeah, it never kind of took off in that way. And mortgages and the industry and your career, then you find yourself a bit more settled. But once again, an amazing achievement and, and enjoyment of, of doing that. When you had your beeper and it goes off and uh, off you go to work from there. So yeah, that's probably three interesting things about myself. Well, certainly not scraping the barrel with those. Huh? Very yeah. good. Thank you. Keith? Yes. Um, Follow that. no hat tricks in 19 seconds anyway they were in 15 seconds Um, now I finished hat tricks in the 1970s I saw Pele play football in the same holiday I met Starsky out of Starsky and Hutch with name Paul Michael Glazier remember meeting him as well so those two things in one holiday was uh, quite big for me Um, where were you on holiday? I was in Seattle at the time and who was Pele playing for? playing for New York Cosmos cool was he good? Uh, from what I remember, I was very young, obviously. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, I remember it well. But yeah, it was it was very good, good experience. A few other players in there as well. I think Beckenbauer was playing there. I think even Harry Redknapp was in the team for Seattle at the time. So uh, there's a few, yeah, big players in that team. So yeah. good memories, good memories. And then for me personally, my sort of, sort of stage performance <laughs> in the 1990, I sang on stage with a pop star from the 1980s, but probably nobody's ever heard of. Um, but uh, a lady called Jackie Graham. Uh, which you're thinking, who the and earth is that? I yeah, yeah. You're too young, you're too, far <laughs> yeah. too young. Uh, she was actually a, more of a soul singer, and she chose me out of an audience, and I had to get on stage and sing. And yeah, I wasn't particularly good, but she, uh, she was a nice lady, and it was an enjoyable moment in my life. So uh, yeah. And then alongside that, pretty more boring in that sense, uh, 24 years in mortgages, which uh, gives my age away. And before that, I worked as a loss adjuster for quite a number of years, well, about six or seven years. 
um, dealing with people houses burnt down, sorting out the problems when putting things back together again. So that was quite rewarding, but not over rewarding financially for me, hence the moving to mortgages. Mm. So that's me. Brilliant. Really interesting. Thank you very much, yeah. both of you, for that. That was great. Um, we'll certainly have to have a look for that song afterwards, and maybe we'll use it as the outro for the, uh, <laughs> for the interview at the end. <laughs> Hopefully not with me singing. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so to get us back to topic then, what are you seeing out there in the, in the mortgage game at the moment? What trends are you currently seeing? For me, it's a case where um, we're seeing the mortgage market in the buy-to-let world, especially moving towards limited company applications, moving away from individuals to a limited company. Mm-hmm. We've really seen a massive move on that, especially with our own company that's gone from very small numbers a few years ago to sort of majority of what we do. Um, and we, we obviously wish to be a specialist buy-to-let player in the limited company space. So very much seen a move to that space. That's a, a key area for us. Yeah, I would completely reiterate. I think within the specialist space, what we're definitely seeing is uh, is that limited company side of it. It's, um, it's, it's come, which has come off the back of the PRA changes. Yeah. We're seeing brokers want to learn more about that as well, the limited company side. So that's one thing. But I also think technology, if you look at that within the industry as well, that Whereas before, there was a lot of people at crossroads. What, which way are they going to go? Are they going to start taking on technology? How are lenders going to do it? Which horse do they back? We're now seeing that movement happening. So those types of trends now, and for a lender like ourselves, we're embracing technology as much as possible. If you look at APIs, how we're looking at different products to, to be attracting that, working with all of the sourcing systems on, on that open API approach. So to me, we're, we're seeing those types of trends now appear, but the specialist market is growing, especially in a flat market where, mm-hmm. where market is down. It's like portfolio customers are now coming forward saying, how can I capital raise in this current market? What can I do? Um, I think one, if you take a step back, that in 2009 when the market crashed, people weren't prepared for it. Lenders weren't really prepared for it. Uh, customers weren't, brokers weren't. They all slammed on the brakes and it just came to an abrupt halt. With things that's happening with the market, you take Brexit as an ex- uh, people are saying what's going to happen with interest rates, house prices, work, jobs. But those people who are prepared trying to be ahead of the game are actually gearing up. We're seeing mm-hmm. that they are now mm-hmm. borrowing more now against their portfolio, anticipating if the market does drop, they can then buy at that stage, which is really exciting to see that people are actually trying to take advantage of, the, of a flat market at the moment and positioning themselves in the best place. So, yeah, it's... Assume the opportunity rather than the downside, aren't they? Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, I think that's something we talked about. Um, I remember doing broker presentations back in 2008, 2009, mm. and we were trying to show the opportunities then in a flat market. Yeah. And I think that's spot on. The difference now is people are preparing for that ahead of time rather yes. than waiting and then, well, how do I take advantage now? It's how can I be in a position to take, take advantage, advantage of the right yeah. time? Yeah. 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 So, so there's more need for lenders like ourselves in that sense. That's the, the yeah. people are moving towards lenders like Foundation and, and other key players in that space. And yeah, it's it's a good place to be. Yeah. So leading on to technology, uh, you mentioned yeah. that that's um, an area that the market's embracing currently. What part do you think that that can play in the mortgage process? For me, first and foremost, it's speed. Um, it's around time and the cost. So I always look at. Um, how much it costs to, for a broker from start to finish and how much they actually cost them to place that mortgage. And I think what we're seeing now is bits of technology all coming together. Um, if you take uh, a criteria hub, a knowledge bank, that type mm-hmm. of thing, how brokers actually source that product in the first place rather than going through or phoning up and going through, the di- they can actually do it very quickly through systems like that. 
I think you're then finding that lenders are now embracing the API, so you can go into a sourcing system, pick a lender, push a button, it goes through to that part of the journey. Bits that are missing is is potentially the open banking side of it, um, but that's now being included slowly. We've we've tried, we did a pilot with Castlight before, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting to see how we were trying to use that data by still wanting the information, but getting it a different way and a quicker way for us. So that's around customer education as well as broker education and lender. Um, but actually we're seeing that speeding things up. Then the missing piece as well, and I think that's where the blockchain will come into it in the future, how on the legal side, that exchanging of information. So when you're doing a search is to speed that part up. Yeah. But that's where I see it all coming together. And the aggregator as well. So I think as an example, if we take Tesco's, what's happened there recently, mm-hmm. um, you can't compete in that low rate uh, tough margin, your criteria is very vanilla, it's very difficult to compete in that space. So where lenders can compete and use technology is around their criteria and that's what we really want to try and focus on in, in that, that space there. So technology will speed up the journey, it will improve the customer and the broker experience as well off the back of it and hopefully improve the quality of the outcome at the end. I think, I I think customers really want companies to know more about them beforehand so they come to them, we're prepared. So they actually we've got information behind the scenes, obviously nice and secure. But the problem sort of encompassing all that is purely a case of it's about relationships and we want people to be involved in that to make sure things have gone on track. And, you know, it's keeping the sense check along the way. So all the technology is in there, but actually making sense of it as well, bring it all together in one place. Yeah. So using various things that, that might already exist out there in the market, but really pulling them in together to yes. to make that journey as, as smooth but and as simple. Somebody have a look at to make sure it's all done correctly and keeping yeah. things on track. It's, it's that collaboration piece all day long. You, you, one person can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be, and, and choice I think is really important as well, rather than just saying it's one provider that's going to solve all the problems. Actually, you're now seeing the different sourcing systems all mm-hmm. raise, uh, rise into the occasion and they're all coming up with different ways, all slightly different in what they're trying to do, but the end outcome is, is always going to be the same. But actually that's been really interesting how they're all playing catch up. One person makes a move, another one waits, sees what's happening, then they then make their move. So yeah, it's, it is that all coming together now mm-hmm. slowly but surely. Yeah, and that's the way the market will improve, isn't it? If, if everyone's pulling in the same direction, yeah. then things are gonna happen a lot quicker. Yeah, well, there's, there's been bits out recently where they've been saying that all uh, oh, lenders are now going direct to the aggregators, aggregators, and we've seen it with home insurance, car insurance, life insurance. But and, and brokers feel quite negative towards what's happening. But actually, we knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know exactly when. I've always said it'll be five to ten years. Actually, we're now seeing it happening a little bit quicker than that. Um, and in my opinion, let it go. Honestly, there is so much business out there. Don't focus on the low-hanging fruit because eventually there will be a machine to collect that fruit. Let that go and focus Very on some important. of the bigger stuff um, yeah. and the more complex stuff where you can add value as an advisor. And that's where the excitement to me really comes into the space. So, yeah. So the key with all of these things is is to actually grow that specialist market. Um, there's only a finite number of customers that are going through product retentions or product transfers and things like that. What do you think can be done to help grow that specialist side of the market? Well, I think, I mean, for me, the... Uh, Brokers need to change the way in which they work. I think that's one one thing they can do. They need to educate themselves. If I was a broker now, I need, I need to put my, my position there where I see there's opportunities there. Um, self-employed customers, they will not be able to go through an aggregator in the same way, go through the journey and come out with the same outcome. So brokers need to be able to read accounts. I think that's 
vitally important, whether there is additional courses that likes of yourselves put on, whether it be a network, a club, whoever it might, I think they really need to help educate brokers in that space. Um, would be one of the key things. But I also think brokers need to take themselves out of the comfort zone and try and find new ways of getting customers. Mm -hmm. So work with letting agents, work with property developers. Opportunities there, if you're looking at the buy-to-let space, you could be sat next to a landlord, sat with 10 properties who doesn't have an advisor. He bought these properties years ago. How can you make him uh, look at new ways of um, gearing up that portfolio? But they need advisors. So brokers need to take themselves out of their comfort zone and really trying to look at different avenues and markets, whether that be later life lending. I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier who's gone down the, the route of going into equity release. Mm -hmm. And that market is really growing, so don't just rely on your vanilla business because that was it's not it's not gonna last forever in that way. Yeah, and that's the area that the, the technology could eat into and, and take over. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And added on from that as well is if you don't know, just ask as well. So there's many people around, lenders like ourselves, as obviously Crystal as well. There's loads of information, loads of knowledge. Ask the question, can you help me with this? Or whatever point it was. Um, you know, widespread of products out there. There's loads of products out there. Retirement interest only, self-employed sort of options, etc. Grant said about equity release as well. There's so much out there that's on offer, but don't just concentrate on one part. Try and be as widespread as it possibly can be and uh, be that specialist to, the, to client, all the clients needs. So we touched on a little earlier lenders for example Tesco that was that was bought up that have just withdrawn from the market. Do you see that as a particular problem or is that more of a consolidation of the market? I see it as a consolidation. I think in our space it's an easy entry point for people to come in if you're if you're to be a, a new lender coming in where can you compete where do you where's your entry point so going into an unregulated buy to let space makes sense. Um, and that market I do feel is saturated. We've seen two or three lenders and that just slowly drop off whether you see it with their rates moving or um, actually coming out altogether out of the market and how you fund and all of that. There's so many different factors. What I do see is, um, as we're seeing at the moment with One Savings Bank and Precise, those um, acquisitions, uh, I can see more things like that happening. I can see if I was a a high street bank, my margins are low here, what can I do? Could I acquire a, a more specialist lender to try and balance things? And that to me, I think that you may see uh, a couple more. I think there may be a couple of casualties before the end of the year, um, just because it is a flat market and where those opportunities are. Yes, people might be ending the same, but if they're doing it in PT, that means someone isn't getting that business. It's not moving, it's staying where it is. Mm. So um, I do think that there will be a couple more casualties, but nothing major, I don't believe, for the rest of the year. So I don't know if you've got anything. It's hard to add much more to that in that sense. Part of, it's obviously prime lenders are actually driving down the costs, obviously. Yeah. Alongside that, the fact to accept a little bit more on, on sort of criteria, perhaps easing slightly. If they know the client to a degree, they take that case on that they wouldn't have done previously, eating away at what other business will good come to people like ourselves. Mm. And so it's a really competitive market. Um, yeah, costs. De decreasing great for the consumer but for lenders it's obviously a bit of a tricky space really so yeah. uh, hence the reason what's happening mm -hmm. and that leaves them um, open to take more risks doesn't it if, it if does everyone's competing at price and yeah. there's yes. only so far prices can go down so yeah. that means lenders will will look at the riskier deals and yeah. maybe get involved in something they're not over not familiar quite. with absolutely yeah. not comfortable yeah. with as well taking a bit more of a risk you can see it happening yeah certainly yeah and I, I think what we've tried to do to compete in a flat market is identify those opportunities where we can improve knowledge and at the end of having that product create legacy that comes off the back of it where we're identified. So more recently we launched an exclusive product around portfolio lending. Mm -hmm. 
And what came off the back of that was people thinking foundation or portfolio lender, which is what we wanted to achieve. We didn't set the world on fire with, with huge volumes of business. But actually then the, the guys in the field, and probably Keith, you'd be better answering mm-hmm. this, but all of a sudden the guys are then speaking to, to brokers about deals that aren't just individual cases. I've got a, a mortgage, a buy-to-let remortgage at 150000 I've got 10 buy-to-lets at 150000 across these properties from one broker. We're only dealing with one customer there, but the 10 properties. And if we can work our proposition and make sure that's where brokers feel comfortable going, I have a portfolio customer, where am I going to go? Foundation being that first point of call, then we've achieved what we want really from it. So for lenders, it's, it is about improving that proposition um, around actually what type of customers you're looking to. So we're looking for portfolio, we're looking for limited company, we want to become more specialist in the HMO. We've had huge success of our short-term let product as well. Uh, and that's what we want to keep doing, keep evolving our proposition as much as possible to find those gaps not competing on rate because that is a, a hiding to nothing. Yeah. We've also found, as you rightly say, these big portfolios coming across to ourselves, but also other brokers out there who have got a nervousness about limited company buy to lets there's a mystique about them about what's this all about what, why, why we do this and actually it's really been a, a great case of having a conversation with them to explain what the situation is and why and it's brought more business in as well so our profile's really been raised by the product and actually more questions have been asked and it's worked really really well for us so uh, do, you know question again really is a case of don't be concerned about let's ask the question understand them more because it, there's so much opportunity in that space if you look at the packager in general, how it's it's been perceived in the past, actually now we are seeing packagers raising their game. Some aren't, but the likes of Crystal, I think a prime example where they're looking to improve their proposition constantly. They're looking at where the gaps and the opportunities are. And if, you, if I was a broker and I didn't feel comfortable, but I had the customer, if I got the client bank, I would be speaking to the likes of yourselves and saying, help me package this case up, tell me what I, what information you need to get this case through. And that's where brokers can do very, very well. You might not know, but there are people out there who will be able to help you on that journey. We've seen different support levels from different networks with this as well. Some networks have really embraced the specialist buy-to-let market and are, are working with us to try and educate their members. And others are saying to their members, you can't do this, you must hand it over to someone else to deal with because it's a commercial proposition or because it's something that's outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the key thing for brokers to take away really is that they are straightforward. Mm-hmm. There's a borrower, there's property, and there's a lender, and it's just working through those criteria. It's just that understanding and that knowledge piece that's that's probably missing for a lot of people. that gap is there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And fill that gap and narrow that as much as you can and get people like yourselves involved to help to fill that gap. Yeah, so we had a customer presented to us today from a broker with a portfolio of, of 20-odd properties, but I think the most with any one lender was two or three. So every couple of months, the, the customer was having to, to look at refinancing these and to, to managing that portfolio. That becomes a full-time job for people. Yeah. Whereas now there are more and more lenders like yourselves that will take big portfolios of properties then yeah. one transaction it's really easy to manage uh, yeah yeah it's just part I, of the broker's I business I, think, I don't know if i kind of going back over original questions but on that portfolio space i see so we only deal with brokers directly we don't deal with customers directly at all mm. so it's all through the intermediary channel 100 percent for intermediary and for ourselves we want to get to the point where we're telling you or helping the broker to say the portfolio that you've put with us we've got five of the properties there's another five in there 
but, but we know the property values and coming back to you saying, did you know you can capital raise this much on this property? Or if you change this and giving you information about your customers as well from the data that we've got. And that really excites me as well, how we can be driving the business back to you. So PTs is something that we want to be getting into because I think it's an important part of the, the buy-to-let space to make sure their customers aren't falling onto ridiculous rates. If we can protect that, I think it is important. But I do see that as another opportunity where we can try and push business back towards brokers as well. And the, easy, the entry as well is really easy because when you've done the first case with us, all the documentation from that first case applies to all the next six months of cases, so you can send us another 20 over that period of time, or right into the first case for the, for the documentation. So really easy for that part, and then for going forward, obviously, easy as well. So. Yeah. The key takeaway, for, as, as I touched on earlier for brokers, is that this isn't something to be scared of. This right. is, first of all, it's a growing sector of the market, so it's something they need to embrace. Yeah. But the processes and, and your, your systems make that easy for brokers to work with as well. So working with people like ourselves, we can get these deals done really quickly and really straightforwardly. Yeah. So you're FDA authorised now, you obviously do residential mortgages as well as the buy-to-lets. Did that change much at Foundation? Uh, no, I think it's... Um, the residential piece is a really important part of our business. It's something we're very heavily focused on. Um, and we're looking to completely revamp our criteria towards the second half of the year. And that would be very, very exciting in regards to where we see our residential proposition going. Because there are lots of different avenues that we want to explore within that specialist space. Um, so yes, it's it's a, a, obviously working regulated side of it. It does change things slightly, but it hasn't changed our um, approach to, to lending at all in any way. It's, it's business as usual, really, from that side. It's just important to have two strings to your bow. It's, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. You have to be able to, to diversify and, and, and spread that. So yeah, it's, it's working really well for us. And I think finding those gaps within the specialist space on the residential side, we, we went down the near miss um, mm-hmm. uh, for your prime customers. So those who might just be low on score, it might be that they've just changed employment. There's lots of different factors. They could have historic adverse. Um, they're looking for interest only in later life. It's those types of areas is where we know there is a gap and an opportunity. And that's quite exciting that there is an opportunity and a gap there for us. Yeah. And rate-wise, we talk about the specialist market and the mainstream market closing um, together, and that gap being being almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. I mean, your rates at the moment are mid to low twos, aren't they, on the, the very awesome. best end of the market, which, yeah. you know, my first mortgage was 5.95 uh, years ago. Yeah. Mine was 11.95. So. <laughs> we touched on your rate, Julie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So even from a rate point of view, this isn't something brokers need to be scared of. Yeah. Selling a 2.5% no. rate to Completely. a customer. Yeah. Completely. In a really good place. Really yeah. good place on rates. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, relatively new to market. February fifteen launch, moved into limited companies and then residentials. So you're constantly showing this um, this process of evolution and development. So, what's next for Foundation? Wow. That's a good question. What that's can you say? There is lots of things that we want to do. We speak to to brokers, networks, clubs, packages around where those gaps and opportunities are. Um, it's kind of difficult to say what we can and can't say because you don't want to give too much to kind of show your, show your hand. But um, I think there is additional bits that we can do in the HMO space. Um, how you can help people who have gone through those changes at the moment. So they may be looking to acquire a property that um, is, isn't, hasn't got a HMO license in place or it hasn't had the conversions done to the property to get it up to spec. Could we do something like that? 
I think across the market, there is a gap for this light refurbishment. So you're buying a property at auction, how quickly you can flip it, do the work to the property, and then start renting it out. That to me is an ex exciting space. It's just about how you get that right and you're not used for bridging. Mm -hmm. um, on the residential space, I think there's, once again, you're self-employed customers, there needs to be more for them. How you could look at somebody who's been a sole trader and gone limited company. Exactly the same business, mm -hmm. take window cleaner, it's the same ladder, same yeah. sponge, the same bucket, um, same client bank. He's just been, from a tax point of view, changed the way in which he's, he's set up there. So how you can feel comfortable and deal with those scenarios. And of course, the, the later life lending is always an interesting space. And I think it's going to become more of a need than ever. So how we fit into that coming forward. But there's, mm. there's so much going on. We work really closely. And out of all the lenders I've worked for, and I've worked for quite a few in my time, I've got kind of been around the houses, but how closely... At foundation we work with the product proposition criteria credit risk the underwriting the marketing we're all very very closely uh, in, entwined in, in what we're trying to do and that is quite an exciting place to be because we all have ways in which we can influence something so if you take the short-term letter as an example that came off the back of quite a bit of research that we did where we saw a gap and we saw brokers trying to put a round peg in a square hole well, actually no that product sits with a short-term let all day long and it's not a holiday home on the beach that's only used for six months of the year. It could be a, a flat in, in Birmingham. Absolutely ticks all the boxes for us all day long within the short term let. So actually, let's find the right product. Let's create the right product for the customer at the right time, not just something that fits all, which wouldn't be the right way. Yeah, Birmingham could be a holiday destination, couldn't it? You know, well, they're in the Premier League next year, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> not talk about that. That's the wrong team for me. <laughs> So again, in traditional crystal cast fashion, if you could make one change to the industry, what would it be and why? First point, I'd say probably uh, more, not industry, but overall, is to um, get Brexit resolved. Actually, okay. know where we stand, which would have a good positive impact for our industry, hopefully. Yeah. Um, that's why Trump's over at the moment, isn't he? It, it is. is to get it sorted. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Within a few days, I'm it sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so probably Brexit to resolve that first of all. And alongside that, uh, another point from, from me would be that Brokers, and I speak to them, there's an awful lot of them actually not interested in the specialist space. There's such opportunities that we've gone through already today in that space. Don't just talk about Nationwide, Halifax, and Tesco. As you can see, Tesco have gone. That's a prime example of why not to go down that route. Yeah, well, um, I wouldn't want to discuss them if they're not there. <laughs> yeah, so literally, those prime lenders, don't just look at that business now. Look at the future and look ahead at the fact of specialism's there. Look at specialist lenders, look what we can do and get involved with them now before and understand them before things change. Yeah, that's um, a really I think good point. It's going to be really powerful. It's looking at that customer outcome, isn't it? Rather it than is. saying no to a customer, how can we help that customer get what they're looking for? Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say about conveyancing as well, just yeah. that process of conveyancing being too slow. So pretty, I'd love to change that to make it quicker. But as you rightly say, not too quick. Uh, because we need to have time to think, but at the same time, sometimes it just takes so long to go for searches and all the other things that are involved. Um, it really is quite you know, uh, tedious at times, um, and people don't really understand that process. So probably an understanding of the process and a speedier process will be really beneficial for us all. Yeah, I think that's where technology can play a part. I think, Grant, you touched on a piece earlier around blockchain, yeah. how we can utilise that. And not necessarily to replace the conveyancing process, but to speed up a lot of the searches Definitely. and indemnities and things yeah. like that. The information's there, so by that, that form of exchanging, it would make a lot more sense to do that. Yeah. I think um, one thing that I would like to see is probably 
in that exchange of information, whether you use blockchain in a, di- in a different way, but the requiring documentation as a lender, I, f- I find it's almost ticking boxes for the sake of ticking boxes some of the time. So whether an open banking has that ability. So if you know what somebody's net income is coming in, why do I need to see the paces? If I can get a confidence level from the, from the bank statements and that information, actually I think you can probably make more accurate decisions. Yeah. One other thing that I also see, so if you've got the ability for HMRC to yeah. be sharing people's information, where you pay to get that information, but you're actually getting that information back about what somebody earned last year, would be a real sound point of um, mm-hmm. accuracy for, for lenders. Yeah. Um, it's not going to work for everybody, but I think for certain scenarios, especially within that vanilla space, if that can uh, resolve that. Fine. That brings us back almost full circle to the start when we were talking about the customer journey and customers want us to know information about them without necessarily having to provide it. Mm. So if we can do that, it would make the customer journey much simpler, much more straightforward and make the whole transaction quicker and easier yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Which is obviously what we all want. Indeed. Yeah. Very much so. No customer is the same. So... I think that we're going to see an element where you're going to have rates for, so you can have two exactly the same scenarios, two first-time buyers, both at 90%, but one's a gifted deposit from a parent, one self-save that 10%. But as far as the applications are concerned, no, you're both exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You might have one of those first-time buyers who's an accountant, studied all their life, and they save every penny they get. You've then got another one who's a car salesman, both earning £30,000 income. Why should that person who's worked really hard and very sensible with their money and actually is probably a lower risk be getting the same rate where everyone's painted with the same picture? So I think that you mm. might find a bit more um, bespoke um, funding depending on where you are and what your credit score is and all of those factors coming into it. And that to me is quite an exciting space as well. So in theory, we could maybe do 95% for you based on that scenario because of your job, because of all these... So really actually pinpoint you as a customer and make that journey better. So I do see that coming with time as well. So More bespoke, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Like a risk-based model mm. rather than a, a product. Yeah, it's everybody, yeah, it's literally, yeah. we're all the same, we're all 90%, we're all the same age, but actually there's a, if we dig a little bit deeper, how can we make your rate slightly better based on your risk profile? Mm. Thank you for that, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. There's some really interesting topics that have come out there, so hopefully our listeners will enjoy that and take something away from that and ultimately do more business with both of us as a result. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank no, you. No, Brilliant. thank you for the opportunity. I think it's uh, it's great to see Crystal embracing technology just in the way of a podcast and how you communicate with, with your brokers and your community as well. So thank you for letting us be involved in it. It's been really good. Thank no you problem. Much. Thank you. Cheers. Thank, thank you. hear the rest of the series and be notified first of future episodes hit subscribe and to discuss any of the topics covered in today's crystal cast or any other specialist finance requirements call us on 01827 301070 or visit our website at www.crystalsf.com thank you to today's guests and as always thank you for listening